Mostly cloudy and zero in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Over 1,700 cases of COVID-19 were confirmed in Alberta yesterday. As Global's Rhea LaHue reports, it's the highest daily case count to date. There are now 14,931 active cases in the province. 415 of those are in the hospital and 88 in the ICU. Sadly, the province has reported an additional five deaths related to the virus, bringing the number of deaths to 524 in Alberta. And of the 54,836 total cases, 39,381 are deemed as recovered. Raya LaHue, Glory. rose this Sunday morning. We are. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. Rose this Sunday morning. We are seeing dry road conditions and light volume all across the city. As for construction, 5th Street is closed between 9th Avenue and 10th Avenue Southwest today. This is in the downtown core. And this is for traffic signal work. This goes until noon, so take an alternate route in the meantime. Experience true Canadian hospitality with the Sandman Hotel Group. Get their best ever Black Friday offer with 50% off standard rates. Book online at sandmanhotels.com by December 1st. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Taya Eason. Premier Jason Kenney says the United Conservative government will leave it up to the Albertans to decide if they want to take a COVID-19 vaccine once one becomes available. He says they're not going to strap people down to force them to be injected with the vaccine. And Kenney says he'll also be repealing the power for government to impose mandatory vaccinations. That power has been in the Public Health Act since, I think, 1910. I don't believe it's ever been used. Kenny says he's hoping you'll decide to take a vaccine when it's available, saying more people who do, the better off we'll be. Some religious leaders are criticizing new health restrictions, saying they don't go far enough and it would be safer or smarter to have 100 people inside a church at this point at all. Reverend John Petland is the Hillhurst United Church Minister for the area. He says despite being closed, it's the right thing to do. We want people to be healthy. Uh, We believe that uh, theologically it's loving our neighbor by putting on a mask, by staying at a distance, by taking care of each other. On Tuesday, the government announced new restrictions in areas including Calgary and Edmonton and anywhere with an enhanced status. Judges in Nunavut are at odds over how to consider harsh prison conditions created by the pandemic when sentencing. One judge even wants Parliament to weigh in on the problem. But Lisa Silver, a law professor at the University of Calgary, says judges have the power to consider all sorts of factors when sentencing, including COVID-19. Sentencing is an individualized process. It is. The Supreme Court of Canada has said that a number of times. And that Although there are overarching principles to ensure that the sentence that's imposed is a fit and proper one, there still is a lot of discretion and leeway within the range. None of its chief justice minister has previously said the territory's judges need to consider the effects of a pandemic era sentence on offenders. 
The Denver Broncos scramble last night to find a quarterback. Global's Jordan Arminis has more. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, the team will turn to an undrafted free agent wide receiver at quarterback today after backup QB Jeff Driscoll tested positive for the virus on Thursday and by association and close contact, ruling starting quarterback Drew Locke and the other two active quarterbacks on the roster ineligible. That means the team will be forced to give meaningful playing time today to 23-year-old Kendall Hinton. He Global News, Sky Tracker weather, mainly sunny in Calgary today. Wind at 15 kilometers per hour for a high of 5 degrees. The wind chill at minus 14 this morning. A few clouds tonight with a low of minus 4. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and cloud. Wind gusting to 50 in the afternoon, a high of 3. It's zero at 9.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm having a little bit of issue with the text line, so if you would like to chat with me, I'd prefer if you just give me a shout until I can get the the text line up and running properly. So, But that number is 403-974-8255, and that is typically the call and text. But just the call for now, and I'll let you know when the text line is up and running. Or if you're from out of town, 1-800-563-7770. And we are heading into our typical December. We've had a pretty consistent December or November, December as we head into it over the last couple of years. And typically we would be finishing up the the last weekend of the Spruce Meadows Christmas market. And I know they're still doing it online. And I know some other people have uh, moved to a couple of outdoor things and things like that and I know we expanded our, our Christmas area and uh, created a, a lot better area for doing the physical distancing and uh, running at a 25% capacity at our store, which is we're fairly lucky. We have enough space and our customers are sort of spaced out at this time of year. It'd be a little tougher if it was the May long weekend, but we would do it. But uh, we, we've been very fortunate um, and the customers seem to have been spaced out, so we, we've been able to to keep it. We had a couple lineups here and there just to, to make sure everyone's getting their space, and we got signs all over the place. So if you do go out and about, and if you go to a place, like I'm just going to say, like if you go to Chinook Center and you see it crowded, just turn around and go back out. Like don't don't add to the problem, I think. And again, that's where I just uh, – I'm a believer that we need to police ourselves and don't go into those places if you see it's an issue because then you're really just adding to it that much more. And right now we don't need that because we've uh, we've been given a chance to police ourselves here a bit. So uh, hopefully we can continue that and uh, and have a safe going into December and Christmas and all that. We want to knock the numbers down. So if we all follow the rules we should be able to do that. And uh, it's not easy, obviously, especially going into the season when you typically have Christmas parties and things like that. But the weather's perfect for having that outdoor fire pit or something like that, if you want to do that. I know we still have a few of those in stock. And I and I heard that the city's going to put some in parks. It'll be interesting to see how that's going to work. And uh, I guess they're going to be supplying the firewood and all that for you as well. So. That, that could be kind of interesting to see if someone signs up for a fire pit and get the fire going and all that. 
Um, I went with a gas fire pit. Actually, I put it right onto a right onto a wooden deck. So uh, it's kind of neat. It's just uh, I prefer that, especially when you get into the fire bands, or if you're into houses where a lot of the newer communities are sort of taller, skinnier houses, and you're usually fairly close to your neighbor. And that way you're not blowing smoke into your into your neighbor's house. And and when you're done at the end of the night, you just turn the switch off and uh, you don't have to deal with having to put out the fire or is the fire out and all that other fun stuff. So anyways, we're going to get on to some gardening as well. We have a few guests today, actually, at this time of year. I'm going to try and get a few more guests and, and do a few different things. So if you have some ideas and, and some things like that you'd want me to cover over the next couple of months. I know I had a guy, he, he asked us to do a cannabis show. So I'm going to do one. Um, when we get into January, I got a couple people lined up that we're going to chat with, but today, actually Natasha, she's going to call in from the Calgary Hort Society. And, uh, she's the, the managing person down there and she's going to, let us know what's going on down there. And also they're having a membership drive and there's lots of benefits to being a part of the Hort Society. So she's going to let us know on some of that. And also Cass Smythe from the Calgary Hort Society. We're going to chat about winter chores and some other things that you can be doing here in the winter season in Calgary as uh, we are heading into it's a bit of a slower gardening season, but there's still always lots to do. So please uh, um, listen in on that. And, of course, we have Jen from the Trop House down at Spruce It Up. She's going to call in and see what's going on. She got some rare stuff in, and we've had quite a few of the the plant people coming in and picking up some of these little mini, I think they're a little, like a little dwarf orchid of some sort, but um, Jen will fill us in on what uh, what new stuff came in down at the at the tropical house in the at down at Spruce It Up. Lots of great plants down there. So many gorgeous locally grown poinsettias as well. So if you're looking for the the tricolored or the pink or the traditional red, also we have the the white and uh, so lots of great looking poinsettias. And, of course, we have our fresh-cut Christmas trees, and I'd like to chat about that as well. If you're going to get a fresh-cut tree, the most important thing is is decide when you're putting it up, and then also get yourself a fresh cut on it. And I like to do it sort of within 24 hours uh, before I'm putting it out, so that way you're not... Um, it doesn't seal back up and dry out because the first four, three to five days of having your Christmas tree in your house are the most important, especially with the water. So you want to have a good stand, good, nice wide one with a big reservoir. You do your fresh cut, stick your tree in, secure it, make sure it's nice and straight. I like to use medium to warm water, not real cold water, a little warm water and mixed in with the tree preservative that you put into the water and let it soak that up. And you'll notice the first day, um, you should be drinking a liter to two liters a day for the first few days. And those are the important because it's going to rehydrate the tree because you remember what before they were just cut down, they're winter, so they're downloading some of the moisture out of them. So uh, at that point, they need to rehydrate 
and 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 then they'll stay nice and fresh. We've had so many people. I only bring in Fraser for. Um, I'm a firm believer. I've I've had the balsams. I've had some of the other stuff. I just find they just don't last as long. The needles fall off, and this way you're going to get a nice fresh tree. Smells great. And I have noticed, I know we got shorted. We have, we, we are able to secure a good supply, but a lot of the lots around town seem half full. So I'm not too sure if a lot of people got shorted. I know it was tougher for all of us. And in the north side of town, they're chatting with Colin at Plantation. He was able to secure a good, uh, uh, his allotment of trees as well. So if you're up in that end, you don't want to tr- cruise down to Spruce, go to see Colin. He's always a good guy. He has great trees um, down there at Plantation as well. So try and support your local uh, independent garden centers because uh, uh, <laughs> we, we try to be there for you guys when you come and knock on our doors for, for supporting hockey teams and baseball teams and dances and all that other fun stuff. So. We really appreciate that, and we love being part of the community. It's uh, it's a pleasure, especially here in Calgary. It's uh, we're very fortunate to be in the city that we're in, and I'm not too sure. I probably should just take a break. We're at nine fifteen here, and uh, when I get back, I believe Natasha from the Hort Society should be calling in, and uh, we'll we'll chat with her on their membership drive. You're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's favorite Christmas store. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And right now I'm just going to go with the phone lines. And I'm going to chat with Natasha from the Calgary Hort Society. And then we'll go to the phone lines and chat with the callers as well. Good morning, Natasha. Good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm doing very good. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. And uh, the, having a membership at the Hort Society is a great thing to have here in Calgary because uh, we're, we're very uh, we're, we're fortunate to have such a great crew here, like you guys, helping us out get through our our challenging gardening um, <laughs> scenarios that we get here in Calgary. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Merle. Yeah, it's that time of the year. We uh, at the Calgary Horticultural Society, we we annually uh, at Christmas time have our gift of membership drive, um, and of course that's coming up uh, in the next uh, over the next three weeks. So we're of course offering the opportunity for people to come and purchase a membership for yourself, or of course for that poor gardener who ventured back in, um, you know, during the pandemic. And realized, oh boy, maybe we're all a little <laughs> bit, you know, a little over your head, and maybe you need a little help, and that's what we're here for. So, um, your membership offers you great uh, discounts on classes, um, open gardens to go visit other people's gardens, uh, and of course, a bunch of great discounts at local shops and stores, which are we are really proud of. And so, um, for your annual membership of fifty-five dollars, you get all these great perks. Um, the gift itself. Uh, will for new members will come with a twenty dollar discount for one of our classes, which is really great. Uh, and then um, for the purchaser, we have a special gift this year. Well, we're, we're going to be um, uh, having a small gift prize for all people who purchase a gift for other people, because of course you should be rewarded for giving g- giving the gift of, <laughs> of gardening. And so, um, so yes, so that will uh, that will be all part of this year's uh, membership drive, and we're really excited. This year was a 
a really a, a huge year for us. Um, you know, as you know, as as you and I have chatted many times about it, there's been a new a new focus uh, on gardening and on growing it in Calgary, despite as you say the the, the huge challenges. And so we're really excited to to really help people uh, be successful for the upcoming year because we know it's going to happen again. We're all going to want to get out there uh, come uh, come the spring and and let's let's go out there with the right tools. So here we are. And absolutely, and one thing I love about gardening, and, and especially here in Calgary, we're we're very fortunate that we have all the great knowledge, and people love to share. Like gardeners love to share, and it it, it makes it fun, right? Because then you're learning from someone who can give you some of those tips. Because especially being in Calgary, necessarily what you're reading always doesn't apply here. Oh, is that the truth? Oh, is that the truth? <laughs> no, it's very true. You know, we, we live in such a really specific region, both our zoning, our climate, our, our altitude. There are so many factors that make us separate or different from uh, even other areas within Alberta. So, no, I, I think it's really important to, to connect with, with fellow gardeners in the area um, to really share your pain, share your success, share everything. And, and that's, what, that's what we always love about, about, about this show about about the the community is is there is there is a desire to share and 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 learn so and do you guys um unfortunately weren't we always all shows were canceled and all this other stuff that we went through um, made it made it challenging for us and are you guys up and running and doing some virtual stuff as well for your members and we we are, you know, we were, we had ventured back in person uh, because it, it, it's it's one of our big um, draws is certainly that hands-on um, attention. Uh, but of course, with the mo- the most recent restrictions this week, we certainly pivoted quite quickly and and uh, and went back online. And so now we have some um, workshops for um, some reef building, some doorstep uh, planters, some gnomes, etc. All going back online. Um, and yeah. We're moving ahead. You know, Natasha, and I think the online component of this learning, like, and if there's a way that they can record or or save the lesson that they, they get with you guys or any of the other, I know we're looking at doing it in the new year as well, but it doesn't limit your space. I know you guys are space challenged as I am in the, in the wintertime with smaller heated space. Um, this opens it up to, you could have 100 people or 200 people in on your course, right? Absolutely. And, and beyond the numbers, it actually removes the barriers of accessibility. We are seeing, yeah. you know, we're seeing folks from Ontario taking our classes. We're seeing folks all the way northern Alberta, BC, etc. There's really, that's what we love is we've now removed not only um, the number of people, that space limitation, which is so true, by the way, the space limitation is huge, but also now we've removed uh, the physical barrier of actually being able to attend. So, no, no. it's it's a great world. No, and there's, and that's where I think we really got to pick and choose some of these things that are going to work for our our category, our gardening world, and and things like that over the winter. If it's minus thirty, it's hard and in three feet of snow to get people down to. But if you can get, uh, as long as you get Cass Smythe or who's ever doing the course, some good winter tires, she can get to one spot and do and do the class, and then Absolutely. everybody else can just log in and uh, and Absolutely. check it out. 
So and even, I, I, even uh, yeah, even our instructors actually don't even know to need to go anywhere. They can do it from their own homes, and that's that's a whole other conversation that is just so awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know what that's about now. I'm actually, I do the sh- the show from my office at my house now, so it's uh, <laughs> it's it, it, and I, I enjoy it. It's kind of nice, and it but it just keeps us all thing. And I have lots of resources here with me, and uh, yeah. and they're, they're fortunate enough to get set up, so you're able to do those things. So, and how? Let's let's just chat a little bit more about the membership. So, how much is it? So the membership is $55 a year for uh, individual membership. Uh, as I mentioned, gives you great discounts on our classes, on local stores and providers of landscape services um, and uh, other services you may need for your yard. Um, as well, um, it gives us a, a great opportunity to meet up with other gardeners, go visit other gardeners uh, or other gardens um, as well. And so really, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity and it gives you access to many of our own resources around uh, plant databases, um, access to uh, lots of our other affiliates that are more specialized in some areas such as roses or alpine gardens. So there's there's a whole world out there well beyond your small vegetable garden that, that really is, is so fun. And, and, and if you're willing to explore a bit, uh, you know, come and join us. And, and we're, we're happy to go down this road with you, especially Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. Like so many new young families, I've seen them in the garden center starting to garden, lots of seasoned gardens, gardeners. And it, this year, I, I love that. Was Like I'm looking at positive things that come out of um, situations like COVID and the pandemics and things that we go through right now. Like those are things people are going to lo- learn some life skills. They've learned to be out in the garden. We've learned how beautiful the province we have here in Alberta I, yeah. and how many different um, terrains and landscapes you can see. You can go from a desert to mountains to icebergs to absolutely to, like in in a matter of a three to five hour drive almost anywhere, absolutely. right? So, which is given, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it has given us a chance to to slow down and and maybe be a bit more mindful around what's what's around us, including our own backyard. Absolutely. And that's where lots of gardening and we've seen so many people come in and just wanting to learn and and pick up on gardening. So um, I'm very proud. Yeah, it's a great community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So and how can they do that? They just go to calhort.org if they want to buy a membership. Absolutely. Or give us a call. Gail will be happy to, to help you out. If you're looking to purchase, an, you can purchase it online or you can give us a call and, and we'll be happy to, 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 to make that purchase for you. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for calling thank in you. and uh, giving us all the information. And uh, I got Cass Smythe. She's going to call in a little bit later and we're going to chat about what's going on on some of the courses. And then we're also going to chat about some winter chores and what, what, what else we can do out in the garden during this time since uh, we need to to isolate somewhat a bit more now. So uh, you stay within your perimeter of your fence and there's some things we'll find for you to do out in the yard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's going to be great. Thank you so, so much more. I really appreciate it as always. Such a pleasure. Our pleasure. Yeah, you Our pleasure. Have yourself a great day. Thank you. You should. Take care. All right. All right. And and thanks to them. And if that's at calhort.org if you're looking for information and i'm going to take a break here for the news you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr
Mostly cloudy and minus three in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. More than 1,700 cases of COVID-19 have been confirmed in Alberta since Friday, a daily record. There are 415 Albertans in hospital, 88 are in the ICU, five more people have died from the virus. Premier Jason Kenney has taken to Facebook to announce that a COVID-19 vaccine will not be mandatory in our province. He says the UCP will also be repealing the power for government to impose mandatory vaccines, which he says has existed in legislation since 1910. RCMP is looking for 25-year-old Dustin Mitchell of Red Deer. He's wanted in connection with a homicide that happened Wednesday. If you know where he might be, you are asked to call police. He is warned and believed to be armed and dangerous. Global News Sky Tracker weather, mainly sunny today with a high of 5 degrees. It's minus 3. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome back. Welcome back to Let's Talk Learning. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to chat with Diane. Good morning, Diane. Hello, Hi. Diane. Hi, Hi Diane. How- can you hear me? Yes, I can. How can I help you? Okay. Every year at this time, Amaryllis, I think that's yep. how you pronounce come out. And for the last two years, I bought them from the store. They show that they're supposed to be a red, what they call red line. What I get actually in a flower is not red at all. It's sometimes a pink or a whitish pink. Um, and then when I try to grow the plant, I follow the directions through the summer outside and then bring him in, cut his leaves down. The leaves at this time grow big and beautiful green, but I don't get a flower anymore. And I'm just wondering, is this a one-time thing? No, typically you should be able to. So after you're like, say you get one right now and you have it growing. And by the way, we do have real red ones that spruce it up. So if you need one, <laughs> you can go down and get one. Um, I will. But if, so you let it grow. You let it do its thing. Enjoy all its color and 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 then continue to grow it like going through January into February like a regular house plant, right? And right. when the flower stalk is done, you can cut it off. And sometimes you'll get one or two more ones will come up. But uh, so when it's done blooming, just remove it because then the energy doesn't get wasted. So, okay. and then just grow it along like a regular house plant. Let it dry in between waterings, and uh, and then after like sort of end of February, I would just stop watering it, let it go dormant, okay. and uh, it'll sort of shrivel up, cut off all the dead foliage. You can take it out of that dried soil, or you can just store it right in that dried soil, knock some of it off, put it into a cardboard box or something like that with some either cocoa moss or or hemp or or some sort of peat moss. Just store it in the coolest, darkest place you got, like where it won't freeze, though. Okay. Like, like just nice and cool. And then leave it there until um, sort of October, November next year. And uh, if you pull it up at that time, it should uh, sprout and, and get ready to do its thing. But I did forget one thing. Actually, just when you're, when you're feeding it, you want to feed it with a high middle number. So like 15, 30, 15. So that way it's going to build the phosphates up into the bulb. So next year it has those nutrients to, prog- to produce those big, beautiful bulbs or blooms that the amaryllis will produce. 
That sounds she, good. And I will come down to spruce it up because I do want a red one for Christmas, and then I'll have three <laughs> next year. Awesome. And there, uh, and you know what? And amarillos, I, I love them because they're true color. When you get the pure white or you get the nice red or the pink, they're just really nice, vibrant colors. So they're, they're actually quite a beautiful plant. And once you buy them once, you can continue on and uh, grow them on for a few more years. Sounds good. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, is Diane. Take care. Bye-bye. Awesome. Bye-bye. All right, where I'm at for time, I got enough time to do one more here. We're going to go to Peter. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well, thank you. And my uh, question concerns growing onions. Okay. I, uh, for a number of seasons, uh, I start my onions in the house in March. Okay. I, you know the big, the, the big fat sweet ones. Yeah, like and, the Walla Wallas uh, or something like that, or. Yeah, the the big uh, the the white ones, you know, the big. Okay. And uh, then I transfer them outside in late April, I guess. But um, around the end of July, they flop over. They don't grow very much. They flop over, and the result is onions that are about the size of a toonie. And I need some help. Uh, they just don't uh, grow that well. Um, one thing I would think is that you just you might be just starting them a bit early. Like I would maybe just start them in the garden because um, oh. I think they kind of get stretched inside a bit and then that kind of starts them off wrong. Like they, they prefer just to start right in your soil in the garden I see. and do the proper spacing and, uh, and, and start that way. Cause I think in the house, the soil gets too warm for them and the onions, like they, they prefer to be in the ground. Like they, they do prefer that. So, oh, okay. I find some of that stuff it just they it just stretches too much a lot of times in the house, or they they don't become big too, and they don't come to fruition unless you have perfect t- temperature control and all this stuff. So, well, I but snipped for the, off the top, I, I you know when they got too stringy, I snipped them off of the top. Yeah, I would. Um, yeah, that's how I would do it. Like sort of early May, I would plant them out late April, depending on what the weather's doing that year, and uh, and then go from there. Okay, and and feeding are they heavy feeders? Um, not bad, but with any of those root crops, you want to make sure that you're feeding the soil. So amend your soil, like with our green up um, soil enhancer or a granular fertilizer of some sort or organic veggie food that you can just sprinkle into the soil. Um, a good three-in-one mix or organic compost, something like that, mix that into the soil. You want to feed your soil because you yeah. got to remember those are growing in the soil and they, they prefer a high middle number. Well, that's a great tip, and uh, I guess one other thing uh, is: should I, when I when I seed them outside, should I put a uh, a clear plastic uh, cover over it to warm up the soil? Um, it, it, depending on, I guess what you can do that ahead of time. Like if you want to start that uh, in, so if we're talking April, if you want to put out some of those poly row covers that put them yeah. out early just to warm the soil up, absolutely, those work oh. great. Oh, great. And, uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, we sell those too. Like, they're like a little tent. They look like the croquet set, but oh, they yeah. have poly or a white or a white um, sort of like a shade cloth or or a filter cloth over top of it. Yeah, it well, looks like a coffee work, filter. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it does help warm the soil up. So, But 
like even like peas, things that they they like that being they like the little bit cool soil to get going at first. Like and you're in, in April May, that's not going to warm right up anyways. But if you give them a little head start like that, that won't hurt for sure. Well, great. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Peter. Right. Take care. Have a good day. Bye bye. All right. And I'm going to take a quick break. And when I get back, we'll take more calls. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and the phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. And the text is up and running as well, so we're good to go there on that same phone number. And if you're out of town, 1-800-563-7770. Actually, I just got an interesting text um, from a gentleman, I believe. He had a uh, – it's kind of weird. It's – it's a poplar, but it has these larvae, and I just kind of sent a picture over to uh, Mark, my the arborist, who our, our pruning manager down there, to see if you can have a look. It's just peeling the way. It almost looks like termites or something. Um, so we'll have a closer look at that for you and see if we can get some answers. But it's eaten this tree from the inside out. I haven't seen much of that happen here in Calgary, but uh, it is happening at his place. But right now, I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Charlotte. Good morning, Charlotte. Good morning. Um, long-time listener, first-time caller. Well, um, thank you so much for taking the leap. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Um, How could I help you? Well, um, my 90-year-old mother-in-law just, okay. gift, just gifted my daughter a 60-year-old Christmas cactus. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, and, and she's had it for 60 years. Um it was kept in her home in the north window, and it yep. only ever ever produced one flower. It's in the original soil. It was moved from her home to my daughter's home two months ago, and now it's in a, a southwest, uh, she gets southwest window in her kitchen. Yep. And it, it, now it has four blossoms on it. But this plant has never been fertilized, and it's in... <laughs> And it's in the original soil from 60 years ago. So I think it's time that we give it a little bit of a treat. Let's uh, maybe get it a new pot and, okay. uh, and a nice thing of soil and, uh, and uh, give it some nourishment. So there's just nothing left in there for it to, to, to produce blooms, right? So okay. it, they do, they, I would just – and if it's in a 6-inch or an 8-inch pot, I would go like 2 oh, to no, 4 inches in a, bigger. It's in a huge pot. This, okay. This thing is massive. Okay. So just so and so maybe uh, they don't have huge root system. So maybe what I'd recommend first, maybe let's try fertilizing it a few times. Okay. So give it a good shot of, of water, and yeah. then fertilize with fifteen thirty fifteen, and that's a high middle number. 30, yeah. Okay. And uh, and start on that. And get it in. So right now, it is typically it's probably one with little pointy edges on it. I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, I I can't remember what it looks like, but yeah. my daughter phoned me and said, "Mom, it's got four blooms on it." Yeah. So it's it's trying, and this is typically when mine's blooming right now as well. Like a lot of the, and there's three kinds of the zygo cactus, and right now, um, 
typically the Thanksgiving cactus is blooming. It's a little bit earlier, so it's sort of in line with the American Thanksgiving. Okay. And so they're starting to bloom right now, and that's the type I have at my house as well. Uh, they look very, very similar. There's just if you look at the leaves, um, the Thanksgiving ones have little little more pointed edges than the other ones, than the Easter and then uh, the Christmas cactus. Okay. Um, they're more rounded. So, but that's really, if it's in a nice big pot, like I said, most cactus don't have huge root systems. So okay. we might be able to be suffice if it's in a good sized pot and it's not top heavy or anything. Let's just try and give it some food. Let's feed that soil and, uh, and see if we can uh, get that going that way. How long do these things typically live? They can live a long time. Cactus go forever. Like, I've heard so many of these stories of of cacti and Christmas cactus being passed down the line. It's so nice. Like it's, um, and and they can go for a long, long, long time. So okay, because I kill everything within you know half an hour of being <laughs> in my home. So well, good thing it went right to your daughter then. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your information. All right, yeah, just give us some food. Let me know how that goes, please. I like I, to, I always like to hear some follow-up. I sure will. Thanks so much. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, and where are we at for time? I think I'm still good. And I'm going to go to Bill on the phone lines. Good morning, Bill. Hey, Merle. Good morning. How are you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? I have uh, seven mature spruce trees in the backyard or in the in the yard in total, and uh, say they're 25 to 30 years old. Uh, they're routinely uh, attended to yeah, on a say a yearly basis by a local well-known arborist. Yep. And uh, starting about two years ago, we started seeing a lot of needles falling. Uh, last year, we started seeing more. This year, a neighbor across the street who has a similar landscape plan. Uh, he started seeing entire branches turning yellow, then brown, and then the needles falling right off. Now that's happening to. Is all that the of whole branch? The whole branch, or just the on whole, the inside? Whole branches bare uh, in some cases, but they they start off a little yellow, then they brown, then the needles. Our ground, our driveway, our sidewalks are completely covered with needles now. Yeah, and part of the problem is as these trees grow bigger and bigger, and when you have a larger stand like you do, like where you have a, a few of them, mm -hmm. um, they run out of, of nourishment, and it's harder and harder to keep them hydrated. So they're slowly getting desiccated. So what Mother Nature does, it starts eliminating branches um, because it can only sustain so many. So it yeah. says, hey, I got, I got to get rid of some of that stuff. I got to get rid of some. So I would just try and recommend is if you can create some beds around those trees a bit more and use bark mulch if you don't already, and yeah. then just get some soaker hoses in there and just soak it, soak it. Just do some well, deep we've root been doing feeding. That. We, we water uh, quite a bit. We've got a, you know, a sprinkler system in the year round in the summer from spring to fall. It runs every day and in the fall, like, and even now, uh, I run uh, once a week uh, a full day of uh, sprinkler. The on. soaker hose? Okay. Yeah, because oh, yeah. sometimes the irrigation isn't enough because it just hits the top couple inches. Yeah. Um, so, which is typically not bad for some of the spruce, but they just need, as they get bigger, though, spruce trees are. Uh, fairly aggressive and it's just when the sidewalks and all that a lot of the water runs away so mm -hmm. it's just getting those soaker hoses and that's all i can really recommend is and maybe 
I'm not sure if you're on a feeding program. I know Mark with our pruning team, we do a, a buy annual that will feed in the spring and and then in the fall for a lot of our customers and i know he did mine this year and i've seen a huge difference in my big willows okay, and uh, so you might want to get uh, on a grade of fertilizer you recommend for the spruce yeah well he's using if you're going to do it yourself i'd do a 30 10 10 30 10 10 okay sure yeah but make sure you water it really well before you fertilize and yeah. but if you're if you're doing it the, the, the pruned up guys, they come out with a, a deep root injection and they go around the tree all around the drip line yep. and, uh, and then inject the, the concentrate fertilizer into the, into the roots. But that's what I would recommend. And then try and get some bark mulch on there. If you don't go fairly thick, like go four to five inches thick and don't sure. use the, don't use the bark mulch from a arborist. Like if, if my guy pruned it up says, here's some free mulch, don't take it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. He's well, he's just being I, I lazy. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to hold away. I'll get you to point out the right stuff. Okay. Yeah, we have it in bulk, so it sounds like you have a bit. So you might want to get a little load delivered from us, and it's the Foothills Premium, and uh, and then just watered in well. Because what if you put raw um, mulch on there? What it does, it it pulls the nitrogen in that of the soil. Yeah. And it because it needs that to compost, decompose. So actually, you can sometimes cause more harm than good when putting in that raw mulch. So, yeah, so just no, be careful of that. System, the root system has completely destroyed our lawn over the last three, four years. We used to have a lush lawn all the way around, and now it's uh, the roots are stealing all of the moisture. It doesn't matter how much water you put on, the lawn is just failing and failing and failing. Yeah. So, and again, so what I do is try and create some beds like cut out about a foot away from the drip line of the tree and then fill all those areas with mulch and that will help keep them in and keep them down and then we'll get some slow deep watering in those areas and that should help you out a little bit Alrighty. hey well thank you very much glad i had a chance to catch you on this yep thanks bill take care have a great one bye-bye all right and i'm going to take a break you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255, or out of town, 1-800-563-7770. And those are both talking text, so um, we're back up and running, so I can see all your great pictures if you want to share anything with me this morning. But I'm going to go to the phone line, and we're going to chat with Dan. Good morning, Dan. Good day, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Awesome. Um, I thought it was a good idea a couple of years ago to plant some raspberry bushes in the backyard. And uh, I think I know where this is going. They're getting out of control, yeah, and going into the neighbor's yard as well. Just curious, is there a, a way to eliminate them? Um, you, do you just want to get rid of them altogether? Yeah. Or, yeah, uh, honestly, digging up is the best way because if they don't really have deep, deep roots. So if you just sort of start at one end, so if you either that or if you want to just cut them right down to the ground, and uh, and then just dig up the roots and go that way is probably your best bet because there okay. there's so there's so many roots that you just if you just try to turn it over it's just going to be a mess over and over and over. Right. But if you start at one end and if you even if you throw them in the buckets and 
throw him on Kijiji. I bet you have a hundred people that want him in the spring. If you, if you want. <laughs> Perfect. Then they'll have the same issue I have. Well, I, know, I could I could tell by your tone. I either have people that they don't grow, or I get I could tell by your tone what you had. You had too many, so I can just <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. do, were you getting uh, lots of fruit and stuff on it, or just? Oh yeah, tons, tons and tons of raspberries. Yeah, and they are tough. If you plant them too close to a fence and things like that, they are they can become fairly invasive. One way to try and keep them though is this every every like this time of year. If you look inside your your clump of raspberries, and you'll see two different colors of wood. If you remove yep. the gray, the that's the older wood, and then stick with the newer wood, it keeps them from spreading as much as well because you're given. Okay. They'll just then they produce fruit on that wood that year's wood, and you don't end up with this a whole bunch of dead branches in the middle that force it to keep spreading and spreading. So, okay, that's perfect. Thank you very much. All right, thanks, Dan. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Yeah, we always have those uh, those types of issues. I could you can sort of tell um, by the tone. And I'm going to do a couple of texts here before the line, before the end of the uh, end of the first hour. What is the best way to store tulip bulbs? Well, the best way would have been to get them into the ground, Sheena. But uh, and you could still try if you could get yourself a little bit of an auger bit on a on a good drill. You could probably still get some into the ground, or you could try to force them. You could put them in the fridge for eight to twelve weeks and uh, force them, and then you could plant them. And then you can end up maybe with some spring bulbs in your house. Or you just put them into a cool, cool, dark place, um, nice and dry with some peat moss or cocoa moss or hemp, some sort of uh, just something that will absorb, keep the moisture out. Keep them in the, in the dark corner and, and do it that way. And then you can just plant them next fall if you, if you, if you decide to keep them that way. And uh, we'll go from there. But right now I'm going to take... A break for the news you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr mostly cloudy and minus three in downtown calgary good morning from global news it's 10 o'clock i'm ryan o'donnell Canada's chief public health officer says Canada is averaging 76 COVID-19 related deaths a day and more than 2,100 people are in hospital as infection rates continue to soar across the country. Yesterday, Canada recorded more than 5,700 new cases of the virus and an additional 82 fatalities, including a Manitoba boy under the age of 10. Alberta and Quebec both recorded new single-day highs yesterday with 1,731 and 1,480 new cases, respectively. Dr. Theresa Tam has warned if we don't make some immediate changes to behaviour, Canada is on track to hit as many as 10,000 new daily cases by next month. An Alberta medical laboratory technologist wants to clear the air when it comes to COVID-19 testing in our province. Shauna Gerlich says she's become aware of misinformation and distrust regarding Alberta's COVID-19 testing process. Gerlich says Alberta's testing process cycles a patient's DNA and she compares it to a photocopier of your own DNA. With our testing, we're very specific about how many times we, for example, run that photocopier. So we only run it a certain number of times every time we run the test. We never run it longer than that. Uh, And we've also proven that that's the optimum amount of cycles to run. 
She says there is an unlimited time you can retest the sample without decaying it. Calgary police assigned 20 additional officers to Chinook Mall Saturday after huge crowds swarmed the shopping centre for Black Friday. A video sent to Global News shows hundreds of teens gathering at the mall as well as multiple fights breaking out. Shopper Eugene Denquaz says extra police force at the mall seem to be helping keeping the area safe. With the situation that happened yesterday, though, I think it's fine, right? Um, I mean... Kids are kind of uh, crazy nowadays with the COVID, staying home. They're bored. They don't got nothing to do. Calgary police say no tickets were handed out on Friday. RCMP are looking for 25-year-old Dustin Mitchell of Red Deer. He is wanted in connection with a homicide that happened Wednesday. Police found a man dead in the Sunnybrook neighborhood of Red Deer on November 25th. RCMP believe Mitchell is armed and dangerous. However, if you know where he might be, you're asked to call police. With more people shopping online during the pandemic, merchandise scams are on the rise. Global Sarah Ryan spoke to one Alberta woman who says she got a lot less than she was expecting. Brenda Mackin was scrolling on Facebook when she saw an ad for Christmas wreaths. One caught her eye, so she spent about $40 and purchased it. When it arrived, though, it was a fraction of the size she was expecting, leaving her disappointed and embarrassed. I was expecting a much bigger, more deluxe sort of wreath with an actual car in it because that's what the photo looked like. And instead, I got this scrawny little thing with a piece of cardboard. The Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre says online merchandise scams are on the rise this year, boosted by the pandemic. In all of 2019, there were 2,500 reported scams that cost Canadians $2.7 million. This year, the centre has already seen 2,500 complaints before October, representing $7.2 million in losses. Sarah Ryan, Global News. Dave Prowse, the British weightlifter turned actor who played Darth Vader in the original Star Wars trilogy, has died. He was 85. Christopher Watson reports. I find your lack of faith disturbing. James Earl Jones famously provided the voice of Darth Vader, but at over six feet, six inches tall, Dave Prowse provided the stature. He wore the iconic black armor cape and face-obscuring helmet in the original Star Wars films. British-born Prowse was a championship weightlifter when he got the part and even helped train Christopher Reeve for his title role in 1978's Superman. Fellow Star Wars star Mark Hamill tweeted that Prowse loved his fans as much as they loved him. Christopher Watson, ABC News. Global News Sky Tracker weather, mainly sunny today with a high of 5 degrees. Tonight, a few clouds rolling in, a low of minus 4. A mix of sun and cloud tomorrow, wind gusting west to 50 in the afternoon, and a high of 3. It's minus 3 at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome back to the Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to take a quick call, and then I'm going to go to Cass Smythe. I'm just going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Ron. Ronald. Good morning, Ronald. Hi, Ron. How are you? Good. It's Merle, but hey, how are you? (laughs) Yeah, Ron. I'm only working on my first coffee. Sorry. (laughs) I've been up for a while. I'm I'm on like number five, so (laughs) how can I help you? Um, I have a, a, a jasmine in the front windows facing okay. the side. And it's one of those really viney ones. Like the vines are almost 15 feet long. Yeah. So when I bought it, it was in a circle kind of thing, but it doesn't really flower. 
and I don't know if, what I'm doing wrong. And uh, the second question was, uh, being at a Christmas time and I'm bored, what's the deal about chestnuts roasting on an open fire? <laughs> Well, I think I think that's a, a tradition, and I actually I, in Turkey I was in Istanbul. I was looking at some of the stone and stuff over there, landscape stone, because we import some nice stone and different things from over there. Um, mm-hmm. They they have them all over the streets. Like we have hot dogs or or popcorn or mini donuts. They uh, they do chestnuts. So oh. I'm not too sure that I think it's just after the harvest. But actually, I could look into it, and we'll probably get a bit more into some of our Christmas traditions and. December, but um, my brother Merv, that was his favorite uh, thing, and I think it probably still is, but that was always uh, we didn't have a fireplace back in that day, but yeah. we had uh, we just put them in the oven <laughs> that, that seemed to work, but yeah, in Turkey they have them just like in, they have all these guys out on the street, vendors and they somehow like out of a bike, like a Dickie D ice cream bike type thing, and uh, they're doing chestnuts just uh, everywhere. So it's kind of so cool. Is something I'm really missing out on? <laughs> uh, they're actually really quite good because they become quite soft, and they're very – lots of flavor. Actually, I like them a lot. So, yeah, I, I'd definitely give it a shot. And so the, you should start – And the jasmine thing, what can I do without anything? <laughs> yeah. Um, do you ever feed it? Uh, once in a while. Okay. Nothing, nothing, nothing steady. Yeah, it, it it likes a fifteen thirty fifteen again to bloom or a thirty ten ten. Is it is it this the tiny leaves or is it the bigger like a shinier leaf? Um, the leaves would be maybe about an inch long, an inch and a half. Okay. Yeah, they it doesn't mind the thirty ten ten fertilizer 30-10-10. as well. Yeah. yeah, and then I would just. I would cut it back a bit to keep it thickened up unless it's really nice and thick. But sometimes if they just get let to go like just a big, long vine, they can become kind of spindly. Yeah, uh, it's viney for sure. Like the vines are likely 20 feet long on it, and I've just got them in a circle underneath. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I would just even just maybe cut off about 25 30% and then sort of let it thicken up or – and do you have something that can crawl on, or can you create something? Like I said, if you want to transplant into a bigger pot, you could do something like that as well. Yeah, I can do that easy enough for sure. Yeah, create like a trellis or something, get it grown over a little something on the wall, create a little wall, a wall art or something. <laughs> <laughs> like an espalier. The reason I bought this is, you know, like, I love the smell of them, but it's not flowering. So what are my options? What's the best smelly flowering thing I could buy for this time of the year? Yeah, and that that is, and those are gorgeous. I would just work on getting that one blooming. But amaryllis, like, and we were we were kind of talking about this uh, in the store the other day. There's the ones that just look like little white flowers, and now it's slipped my mind. But some people think it smells like cat pee, and some people really love them. <laughs> <laughs> like it's those little white Christmas flower. Uh, I can't think of it right now. Can't can't believe There's I can't remember what it is. Paper whites too, or something. That's the one. Yeah, that's is the it? one. Yeah. Okay. Is that something yeah, I can nope. grow right now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can get the bulbs that I know we have them in at the store right now, and they're quite fragrant. Some people really love them, 
And Zoe, our GM down at Spruce It Up, she thinks they smell like cat pee. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't noticed that, but um, I think you have to leave that one up to your own. But yeah, give one of those a try. Um, Amarillo smell quite nice. Um, and all the seasonal arrangements. And Chris from um, who makes our porch pot, she's going to give us a shout here in a bit. And those be- bring a lot of fragrance into your house too, like just the pine and different things. So. Oh, great. Yeah. All righty. All right. That's excellent. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks, Ronald. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And where I'm at for time, let's bring Jen, and we're going to see what's hot in the trop hose right now. Good morning, Jen. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, I slipped. I went to my next segment. Look at me go. Good morning, Kath. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I oh, thought to God. myself, uh-oh. <laughs> no, I know. Hey, that's that's just me. I, I jumped from one segment. I got it I got it corned off on my page here, but uh, yeah. I, 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 I bumped you. But I'll bring you back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. So, Kath, we we had Natasha. So you guys are starting your, your membership, membership drive. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe now you can tell people what they get a little more in depth when they do get the membership. What kind of things will they be enjoying, and what are the what are some of the benefits and uh, and things that like courses and stuff that you do and and things like that throughout the year. Well, ongoing throughout the year, we run a really great workshop courses and and just regular good information talks. And as a member, you're you get to go to eight free member talks a year, and they are varying topic from, uh, well, last last month I did What Do Gardeners Do in the Winter, and then this one coming up is Making Christmas and Holiday Arrangements from Your Garden, and it just goes, the list just is fascinating for the member talks, and then our courses... Um, and classes are anything from food gardening all the way to general interest. We've had um, a lady come in and talk about mushrooms and growing mushrooms, which I am now a complete convert. I'm going to grow mushrooms. Awesome. <laughs> hey, Kat, and also, um, is, there a, is there a message board or a, a, like a – a gossip line, a garden gossip line that you can that you guys have, or what? We do. We have a on our website. We have <laughs> the the weekly newsletter, and that gives okay. you all this information about what's happening. But we also have some really interesting chat line. We have Carol's Corner, which to me is one of the, my favorite things, and you can go on and gossip with each other. That's where the hot gossip is That's in Carol's where Corner? That's the hot information is, let me tell you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then nice. our, as I, and our monthly uh, magazine comes out, or every, well, it's an eight-issue magazine, and we get some really interesting articles written. And then there's various information about what's going on in the city with gardening and it really as far as i'm concerned one of the things that i really enjoy is just this well right now we're not enjoying the social part but we sure have some interesting members and you get to trade all sorts of information and i and you get discounts at the garden center so your uh, membership really becomes free well that's right i was just going to say and once you've done your your spring shopping your membership is paid for, in my mind. Absolutely. So, you know, so, it, Kat, it, so, 
let's let's I know we're, I'm sorry we're, let's just go to one of those topics and you and I were chatting um you mentioned about uh what to do in the winter time what to do so, in the winter time well I I try not to hibernate too much and when you asked me about winter garden chores I was looking out in my back garden and realized that I hadn't pulled my trellis and my obelisks in so I'm going to go out and we're supposed to be having quite a warm week this week it's supposed to be gorgeous. So Double digits, they're maybe saying. Yeah, I'm going to go out and try to finish some of that. Um, the other thing that I really, really talk about with people in the winter months especially is keep off your grass. Uh, just because you want to walk out into the garden, you know, if you've got grassed areas, it's one of the hardest things on the ground is to pack it down while there's a Chinook going on. However, you can go out and push some of the snow that's sitting around that's extra. Go push it under your trees. Go throw it out into the ground. And something else that I like to do is I do go out with a leaf rake and move my mulch around sometimes. Mostly because yep. the squirrels go out and move it around too. So I try to disturb that as much as I can. And if and if you have some extra branches or things that maybe cut off, you can always leave them just piled up in a couple of spots, creates a little bit of winter habitat. Right, for the bugs and the creatures. I actually, once my Christmas tree is finished, I cut the branches off and I go lay it in various parts of the garden and it's a great spot for them to spend time and get you know, all cozy all winter, and they they do move around sometimes in the in the winter months when it warms up. So you try to keep a little bit of things going on around in there. And then I haven't. I have to confess, I have not cleaned my garden tools. That's so, a good one. That's yeah. something that you should do is really? clean those up. Yes. And and you know what? If and we all have hand sanitizer everywhere now. Yes, we that do. is probably that is probably one of the best sap removers. So if you if you're using your pruners or your knives out there in yes. your Christmas porch pots or your winter porch pots, and you get sap all over your fingers and things like that, just that uh, the hand sanitizer is yeah, a great tool. Yeah, that one tool. in the squirt bottle. I just discovered that about two weeks ago. I've been, I well, know, as you know, I make lots of pots, and yep. I was cleaning them, and I went, "Ooh, I'll try this," and it works like a darn. It's the best stuff. The gel form of it. Just, yeah, you just give it a thing, but you yeah. can clean your hands, but also your, all your tools. You can exactly. clean all the sap off yep. and uh, and clean them up nice. And wipe and, uh, your, if you've got wooden-handled tools, wipe them down with a little bit of linseed oil if you've got it or some kind of oil and just give them a chance to grab some more moisture into them. But it's really important that we keep our tools clean and that we work with. Sharpen them, too. Sharpen them. And I have a wire brush, and I have a sharpener. I have a long sharpener, and I go in and I clean all my spades and I try to clean my pruners as regularly as I can. But those are That's, things that I like to do. Are, are you growing any amaryllis or anything right now? Oh, or? yes. I, I, I went in your store, Merle. I have seven. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> One of them is in full flower right now, and I'm just loving it. It's so beautiful. It's called I Am- love amaryllis. Yeah. It's called Amadeus. Okay. And I just love it. It's double white with pink tips to it, red tips. Oh, nice. Gorgeous. And and you were talking earlier about paper white narcissus. Yeah. Mine are coming into, just coming into bloom, but I too do not like the smell. So once I've got them growing, just for the challenge of growing them, I then relocate them to my sister. <laughs> so. They, um... 
and, and, and but I get it. lots of people love the smell. Like we get all kinds of people come in looking for them. Oh, they, they do. So they they yeah. love the fragrance in the house. It's it's kind of weird how it affects different people, right? Like well, it is, and I guess it's just one of those things. But a tip that I learned many, many, many years ago to get them to grow straight up so that they don't flop over on you, you put them in a tall brown paper bag. Yeah. And they grow to the top of the bag, and they stay nice and strong. They grow a strong stem, and then the flowers stand up taller. And they're really, okay. really, really And then nice. you remove the bag at that time? Yeah, and then you just take them out of the bag and put them on the kitchen table, and they just look beautiful. Oh, nice. Yeah. And and I was interested to hear about the jasmine plant being grown. And and honestly, the evergreen food works like the best, as far yeah, as I'm that's, concerned. Yeah, the hibiscus... Um, what is azaleas, azaleas. jasmine? That they all love the little more acidic um, fertilizer, right? Yeah, they're um, they're all evergreens. They're all what we what we refer to as a broadleafed evergreen, and they all really thrive from that. And it gives them the added health benefit, and they don't seem to get you know the other things that happen in our house when they dry things dry out, they become weakened, and that's not yes. a good thing. But the thirty ten ten really helps them. And I was chatting with that gentleman about onions, and he's, he was just saying he starts them in the house, and I suggested that instead of starting them in the house, that kind of gives them that they kind of stretch a bit early. Yeah, they get I'd rather to, yes. Prefer just to start right in the ground, just wait till early May or whatever, late April, right. depending on what the weather's Unless doing. Unless you're growing them from seed and you're growing a specific variety. The other, it's just not worth it. I, I just prefer to get them outside and in the ground. And mind you, I do grow my Walla Wallas from seed, and it's hard to get the seed. So that's the other thing I do in, as far as work that is I'm trying to find, you know, get my seed list written and do all of that. Oh, and then I have to babysit the fact that I have a almost six-foot Japanese maple in my garage. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I have to water it. And then I have my rosemary on the window ledge in the garage, and that doesn't even account for all the succulents that are under my lights in the basement. So that's what a gardener does in the winter. It just maintains the indoor stuff to go back outside. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking some time from uh, from your Sunday and joining right. us here. I know all the listeners enjoy having you uh, call in and uh, share your wealth of knowledge, but uh, I'm sure we'll talk in, in December here. So oh, I'm sure we a, will. Have a good one. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Kath. Thanks, Merle. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's favorite Christmas store. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And right now I'm going to go to the phone line and we're going to bring in Jen. She lives right next door to the to the Christmas store. She's in the tropical house. Morning, Jen. What's, uh, what's hot in the old trop house this weekend? Good morning, Merle. How's it going? <laughs> I was going to come up with a new line every week, right? So. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Um, yeah, we've got a few things. One of the things that Jess actually reminded me to mention to you as well is we've got those mosquito dunks in. I think that's one of the hot things in the trop house right now. And so maybe give us a little uh, little touch on that. Yeah. On what, you, um, what, what you do and what you use them for or how you use them. 
Yeah, they're pretty simple to use. I haven't used them yet myself, um, but I didn't even know that they were a treatment for fungus gnats, which is what everybody's looking for. Yeah, we get a lot of calls, a lot of visitors. I got fungus gnats, I got fungus gnats. So these Mm -hmm. are the mosquito dunks that you typically use in the summertime. Right, right, to kill the larvae inside of any of your pond um, setups. And so people use them in their watering can and they let it sit. We request their... Suggest that you break up the mosquito dunks a little bit first and let them sit in the water. And then you can, instead of um, topping up all your plants with sand, you can actually use these and pour them down in all your soil. Okay. So you just sort of, you, you can just break it up. And then as you water, when it goes through it, it'll help get rid of them that way. Or do you need to yeah. mix it like a tea as well? Or, or how do you? Well, unless you're telling me that that's what you need to do, not as far no, as I know. I, I, I think the important part is to let it sit for a little bit to dissolve in the water. And then you, you just, I know Jess actually said herself, she she has a watering can full of them just for that purpose. And that's it. So she lets it okay. sit there and yeah, that's it. She just has her mosquito tea ready to go, eh? Yeah, totally. That's <laughs> one way to put it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and, and not that these are very common plants, but I know... I keep seeing all these uh, young people coming in, and they're all excited about these new plants that you guys uh, brought in. So, mm-hmm. what would what, you what'd you find in the old uh, treasure chest down there? So, in the treasure chest, well, Maggie knows this one well. I'm sure she's uh, she's tuning into the radio downstairs. But the jewel orchids—that's um, a, a big one that we have in right now. They're so pretty and so tiny and so unique, and um, everybody's kind of after those. And what was the name again? One more time. The jewel orchids. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And how do you look after those? Like, are they? they, Yeah. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You were going to say. No, they said they look like they're grown in the moss. That's Mm -hmm. all. Yeah, they're. They're. I think they're. They're pretty. They're kind of in between orchid care and a houseplant care. So a little bit of a step up from the horse, uh, the houseplant to houseplant, just in terms of maintenance and taking (laughs) care of them. Um, But you want to keep them slightly damp. yeah, and they like humidity. Um, they like warm rooms. They do actually flower, but they're not known for their flowers. They're known for their foliage. Okay. Hey, Jan, yeah. I'm going to put you on hold. And okay. I know we went through that first 10 minutes really quick here. And yep. when we get back and take a quick break, and then we're going to continue our tour of the Tropos. You bet. And you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Mostly cloudy and 2 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Hundreds of protesters took to downtown Calgary Saturday afternoon in an anti-mask protest demonstrating against restrictions. Calgary police say they were on site monitoring but say no tickets were handed out. Alberta recorded a new daily high of 1,731 COVID-19 cases Saturday, pushing the total number of active cases up to 14,931. The chief of a Nova Scotia First Nation says a draft agreement from the federal government on a moderate livelihood fishery has the potential to be a historic recognition of treaty rights in Canada. The Sabeganagadi chief Mike Sachs says he is reviewing the draft memorandum. Global News Sky Trekker weather mainly sunny today and a high of 5 degrees. It's 2 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Merle Coombs, and we're going to go back to Jen. Good morning, Jen. Welcome back. Hi, Jen. Jen. Yeah. Hi, Jen. <laughs> Hello. There you are. Hey, 
so we so we touched on the jewel orchid and that mm-hmm. this sounds wonderful and maggie is so excited i was chatting with her yesterday and she goes but chris says i'm gonna kill it <laughs> I said, you're not gonna kill it you're gonna be fine Aww, so yeah, we gotta make sure she great. gets all those helpful hints um and what was the other, there's another one with a great big leaf right beside it that people seem to be getting excited about what is that one well, we do have some more pitcher plants in as well. We have um, some of them that we've had in the four-inch pots. We have a few remaining. Those guys are actually growing really, really well, and that's getting a lot of attention, and we have some new smaller ones right now, those carnivorous plants. Okay. Yeah, you got uh-huh. some fresh uh, Venus flytraps in as well, I see. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, oh. Those guys are, are ready to go. Um, did you mention the, the Birkins already, the Philodendron no, Birkins? No, yeah. that's what I was thinking about. So, so yeah. what is that? Yeah, so another philodendron. Um, they're an easy to grow plant. Actually, they're uh, they're gorgeous because they're known for their foliage. The the Birkins in particular. Um, so they're they're super. Those ones are an easy house plant for. It, it, even it can tolerate some lower light too. So something that's gorgeous. It looks it looks variegated. It's not. It's just the markings on there. Yeah, and how big do those? How big do those get? The philodendron. I think in I'm. I think they can get huge. I think from what I've read, too, I haven't seen any here, but up to 10 meters, the philodendrons can grow oh, okay. in, in the right environment. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, lots of poinsettias? Mm-hmm. Tons of poinsettias. Yeah. They're moving right along, too, though, those guys. We've got the 4-inch all the way up to the 12-inch for poinsettias. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and then you guys are running a little bit of a leftover Black Friday sale. So what, what, what do you guys have on sale for the ends today? Darn it, Merle. That's the one that I meant to bring up. Those ones, so we have pots and plants on sale, and the plants are, I believe, the 10-inch. That's what I meant to grab, but I don't have it memorized, Merle. Do you have it memorized? No, I don't. So what? (laughs) I think all I remember is you had the big 10-inch on sale. You have some buy one, get one 50 off. Yeah, those that sale has run its course already. That we have for the buy more, save more for sizes right now for the tropical plants. Okay. Um, It doesn't include all the plants that we are specific in terms of which ones they are. But, um, yeah, see, once again, I'm like I'm ill-prepared, Merle. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. We'll get you next week. We'll get you next yeah. week. It's all good. All <laughs> yeah. right. Well, thanks. Well, this we don't want to give everything away. Some people have to come down and see you down there in the tropical house. And, uh, awesome. and you're going to go for, and see for yourself what's hot down there at, uh, at Spruce It Up in the tropical house. All right. Thanks, Jen. Have a great day. Thanks, Merle. You too. Bye-bye. 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 All right. And if you'd like to join me, the phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Those are the talk and text lines. And uh, I'm just thinking of some other things that you can do. And we are going to, like, the weather looks like it's supposed to be, like, really, really quite warm this next couple of weeks. So getting some moisture into your spruce trees, I've mentioned this before, get out there with your uni nozzle, give it them all a hose down, get that dust off, get all those bugs out of there. And uh, and then typically the water will drip right down to the on the drip line of your plant, so which makes it really, really nice. Yeah, so next week we're at plus 7, plus 10 plus eight. Um, So all next week is above zero. So these are great things. Also, if you get some wilt proof, you want to apply it to you. If you have cowrie boxwood, any of your cedars, 
um, some of your upright junipers, most of your lower junipers and your spruce trees and all that don't need it. If you have the Alberta dwarf spruce, you can give them a shot. And what the, what the wilt proof is, it's, it's just like a lip balm for, for your plants. It, it's a, it's a anti-desiccant and, uh, who we're going to chat with here in a bit, Chris, she's going to let us know. And we also use that on all our porch pots and wreaths and things like that. So we're, we're going to get a few tips on making, uh, your outdoor arrangements from Chris and, uh, cause we have all the supplies, uh, down there, all your branches and all the things to make it look good as well. So, or you can get, uh, her and uh, actually my wife, Carolyn, they're down there making arrangements right now and uh, designing up some beautiful pots for you to take home. So all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, and we'll, we'll chat with, uh, with Chris on that. But actually, I heard she's just on the line right now. So why don't we go a little bit earlier? I was going to wait till after the next break, but let's go to Chris right now. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm good. Covered How's the pots and- coming? Oh, they're doing well, great. Did you get yeah. my tip on how to get rid of the sap? I, I, no. Oh, hand the hand sanitizer. sanitizer. <laughs> yeah. There I you just, go. I just leave mine coated on. It just, uh, yeah, just stays on. <laughs> Works like a pair of gloves, eh? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Can't cut through these fingers. Yeah, uh-huh. so when you joined us um, a couple of years ago, when you, you you started in and you started making pots, we were always using the Oasis before, and then you showed us you like to use more. You use it like a just a heavier soil, so you we use this a regular like a loam potting soil type thing. Yeah, to, just if you're regular, start making your pots, just regular dirt. It's uh, I find it way more effective than the floral foam. Um, it you just pack it down really hard, uh, so you put it in your pot and step on it and make it so it's really really thick and deep and then that works uh that works just as good if not better than the floral foam it's better for the environment it doesn't break apart when we get the freeze and, and i think it holds the moisture better too right it just freeze the solid and you don't have to worry about it that's right so. freeze the solid yeah so do you, you water it before though right you give it a good shot of water before you put all your branches in then too or, yeah. or do you wait till but after so there's a couple of ways you can do it. I, I wait till the end, but um, what I tell a lot of people to come in when they buy their bunches is cut all your ends because you're going to open up the chambers of drinking again and then put them in water while you're getting everything ready. And as you're in that pail of water, they'll start to drink. And or you can, the key is cutting your ends. You have to make sure you cut your ends of every branch or you yeah. can put them in your dirt, cut them, put them in your dirt. And then when you're done your arrangement, Give it a good drink. Um, Valerie, my assistant, who takes care of all that important stuff. <laughs> well, that's what Carolyn was saying. She's just made your guys' life uh, so easy. I eh? couldn't do it without her. Yeah, so she waters it once and then goes back about five minutes later. Because it's so solidly packed, It the water will kind of run off the top. So that's why you have to kind of do it slowly. So she goes back two or three times until that pot is uh, thoroughly watered. And then it freezes. And that's the key. It stays frozen for most of, most of the winter. And yeah, and then it stays... So- Go ahead. So if you if you're going to make your pot, so say you got your one or two gallon pot, and you're trying to make a nice porch pot, what what sort of what 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 do you start with? Like, do you start on the outside with your branches, or do you pick put your middle bark or your like your birch branches or your dogwood in first, or or how do you, how do you go about this? So the key to a well-rounded pot is to kind of visualize an upside-down triangle. So you want to start with your width at the top and then slowly taper it into the bottom. If you can kind of keep that in mind, you'll get away from just getting wider and fatter and all of a sudden you've lost any kind of structure. 
typically when I do pots, I I pick out my centerpiece. So am I going to do birch? Am I going to do dogwood, willow, um, whatever I'm going to put in the middle? And you don't have to put anything in the middle. You can just have branches too. And then I start on the outer edge with all my little snippers. So one key thing to know is you don't have to use your whole branch. So when you pull a branch out of your bundle, snip off the little guys that are on the edges and use those to go around the outer edge of your pot. So I usually Yeah, do, those are good fillers, right? Yeah, the fillers. So you have your outer edge so it'll drape over your whatever pot you're going to put it in. So I usually alternate pine and the cedar and just go do around an edge. Then I start with my center. And then the most important part is pick out your branches that are going to give you that height that's going to stand up straight that's not going to flop all over. And when you find those guys, usually the pines are the good ones for those. You just uh, make a series of four around. Uh, around the circumference and the middle and then you just kind of do more shorter ones on your next round and then you go in and fill it in with cedar to fill up those spots nice so how many bunches would you use for the average uh arrangement so someone's thinking i want to make two of them are using one or two bunches per or four or five or yeah it all depends on how anal you are or how (laughs) how perfectionist you are yeah. So you seriously, for for a couple pots, you could really get, if you're just looking for smaller pots for your front, you could get two pots um, filled out of a bunch of each. So a bunch of cedar, a bunch of pine, and a bunch of the fir. And that would give you two quite nice pots. And then whatever you bling you want to put in or you want to put, we have oregonia. I use that quite a bit because it's the variegated boxwood. So you get a lot of the whites and greens that really makes the evergreen pop. So I use that and you're, quite a bit. I notice you, you guys are adding... Um, all kinds of different, like pine cones and yeah. all kinds of different, uh, and, and of course, ribbon and... and uh, Magnolia leaves, fun. yeah. It yeah. all depends on what your personality is. You want bling? We got lots of lots of spray sticks with candy canes and marshmallows, and then we have the just natural pine cones and magnolia if you want to stay away. And the thing is, you can make it really Christmassy with red bows and red berries, and because most of these pots, because they're frozen in and we wilt through some to death that they don't dry up they will last until february march so after christmas you just pull out your bows and pull out your berries and you still have a really nice evergreen container to last you till spring absolutely that's what i call for some people you just, I just call them a winter arrangement if you yeah. want or or it doesn't necessarily have to be christmas because uh yeah. but either one all right well perfect and uh and i know you ladies are down there making them so a lot of times you'll you're more than happy to give tips you to uh to all the customers if they want to ask how to do it but yeah. or if they want them done i know uh you and carolyn have a whole whack of them done down there for them just we to do. grab it and uh pop them into their car and away they go and the gnomes are all here, and the Grinch trees are all here. So you want a tip on how to make those? I can help you with that, too. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. Chris. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that was uh, very enlightening. If you're looking to do some porch pots at your house, and right now I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go right to the phone line. We're going to chat with Dwight. Good morning, Dwight. Hey, Merle. Happy Sunday. Hey, happy Sunday to you as well. How are things? Good, good. I sent you a picture last Sunday of the bromeliad I got at your store. Okay. Just a quick question. I know they don't like the roots wet. Yeah, and you typically just fill up the 
where the leaf just poured a little water in the center of it. That's and that, that's, yeah, and that's what they do like in the rainforest. That works like a, a, a moisture or rain capture for them because right. a lot of times they're growing on on trees or different things. So it uses that and just funnels the moisture into its root system, and uh, that's how they get fed. Okay, so no water at all in the roots? They really don't need to. You just fill, just pour it in the top there every couple of weeks, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't need to fill it right up. But yeah, if you just dump in a cup or so, um, that'll give you lots. Okay. And the other quick question: I'm going to start my marigolds this year uh, from seed. Yep. So those ones are very good confidence boosters. Those ones, those are easy. Yeah, and uh, just what, how early should I? Um. If you're going to grow them for outside, they grow really quite quick. So those are something I would, but they don't take frost very well. So I would wait until um, probably mid-April because they grow quite quick. So okay. beginning to mid-April on the at the earliest because they they germinate in really one day. Those I love to give to new. Um, new gardeners as well and for kids because they just germinate so quick and they build your confidence up rather than yeah. trying to start with a with a, uh, a petunia or something that's really hard to grow um so those ones are great and they work really good to keep aphids and things off of your plants so they make great companion plants so yeah, that's I had them last year in the greenhouse. That, they really helped, uh, you know, as far as the bugs. I was go. amazed at that. I got shown that like when I was young, working down at Sunnyside, and uh, we got shown that. I was just amazed. We moved some. We had an infestation of uh, aphids one little area, so we moved a bunch of marigolds in there, and they were just gone the next day. It was kind of amazing. So I know it's, it's so nice to go in the greenhouse and not be you know inundated with all kinds of bugs. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Dwight. Yeah. No worries. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to take a quick break, and then when I get back, we'll do three more callers. After that, we'll talk to Margot, Mary, and Penny. Um, after the break, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and we're going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Margot. Good morning, Margot. Hello. Hi there. How can I help Hi. you? Hi. Um, I've got a question about uh, squash that we forgot in the truck on a very cold night, a kombucha. Yeah. And so I brought it in the next day and thought it and cooked it, but I saved the seeds. So are those seeds viable for the planting in the spring or did the freezing destroy the seeds? I, I doubt it froze it right, like unless it was frozen, frozen solid, like the whole squash. Yeah. Um, but but I assume that it probably didn't freeze right through the whole thing. But um, if it so, did? Um, chance are the seeds might not be, but you you should be able to tell if they're not mushy if they've if they dried and they're still nice and firm. I yeah. think you should be fine because they okay. do have that protective shell on them, right? So okay, yeah, because it's a it's a great squash. Okay, yeah, so no, try that. Two two Christmas uh, ideas that for gardeners who have almost everything is gauntlet gloves are wonderful gift to receive that, you know, come okay. halfway up your arms. So when you're working on the rose bushes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing I got out on the Island was these little mini pruners. They're six inches long and yeah. we use them for doing wreaths, but they're just the best. They're pocket pruners and just wonderful. So I gave my sister one and then I got one back from her for Christmas last year 
and they're just the handiest little gifts. So those are just two gift ideas. That's awesome. And it's always nice when you get a good pair of pruners. And I find if they are a gift, you tend to remember who gave you something like that when you're out there in the garden and you're using it. So yeah. I love that idea. So I will uh, I will definitely uh, pass yeah. that on to some people. And I love that one. So thank you so much. All right. Have a good Thanks, day. Thanks, Margo. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to Mary on the phone lines. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Merrill. How are you uh, doing? Oh, pretty good. I'm a little worried about my cedar tree. We've had it for over 24 years. And last year, it got a bit of uh, winter burn, but we took all the the brown leaves off it. Yeah. And uh, But now I notice that I can see right through it. The, the birds all hide in it because it's not too far from the feeder. Yeah. And... Um, I, I just seem to be able to see right through it. I Last year, it was a full, you know, it was just full, the tree so when, all the way up. What happens, Mary, it's again like last year, last two or three years, it's very similar to what's happening right now, yeah. where this year actually we have a little bit more moisture than we had in the past. Right. But we've really gone into our falls really dry. So then they, right. then they desiccate. This year we've had a little bit more moisture, which has been good. So what I'd recommend is get out, give it a really good shot of water this coming week. Like hose right. it out, give it a really good drink, and then fertilize next first thing in the spring. You can even yes. fertilize now; it won't take it up anyways. If right. you want to get it into as well, but they want a thirty ten ten. Ten ten. I uh, yes, I I had um, well, I still have a bush that's turned brown from last year, last winter, and I gave that a uh, thirty ten ten, and it, it's the um, uh, uh, it's a sitzer. It's a golden sitzer. Yep. Yep. And it's the same, and it's starting to show green. And my husband wanted to take it out, of course, but I wouldn't let him. But the evergreens I, always take a little bit longer, so I right. think you're you're because in Calgary we are growing seasons a little, and, and cedars aren't native here, so we just got to give no, it a little I know boost. That. So yeah. every two weeks, give it a shot of the thirty ten ten, and the spring. yeah, starting in the spring. So this starting early May, give it a shot. Then every couple of weeks, give it another shot. Uh-huh, and uh, uh-huh. and just stop around mid July, yeah. So you'll fertilize yeah. a few times, and hopefully that will get it going for you. All right. Right. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Mary. Bye bye. All right. And I'm going to go to the phone line, and I'm going to chat with Penny. Good morning, Penny. Morning. How can I help you? Um, I had a. It was called dried flower sealant. Uh, it was a spray bottle. And it was yep. fantastic for holding cattails. It helped the greens in the winter here now. Do you carry anything like that? Yes, we do. It's called wilt proof. Okay. It's an anti-desiccant. Right. And you, you spray it on, and I call it like a wilt proof or a, a lip balm for your plants. Right. Okay. Works Works awesome. Okay. Super. Thank you. All right, All right. And, and this coming week is a perfect time to do it if you have any outdoor cedars or different things or if you're doing your porch pots and stuff like that. Great. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. And uh, when, I, when I was chatting with Jen earlier, I want to mention again just those Boston ferns. We have some really, really nice ones, and they're really good for just cleaning the air in the house, adding a little bit of humidity, and uh, – 
well, he can be a little bit messy, but you just take him, give him a little shake, and you can pull that up, and you won't have any issues. And uh, well, that's it for me for this week. So again, people, let's uh, let's do this all together. Let's stay safe. Only go out when you need to. Let's do the physical distancing. Wear your mask when you're out. If you and just uh, let's all just try to uh, get this under control so we can keep everyone happy and we can uh, avoid the big lockdowns and things like that. So I think we can do it if we all do it together. But until next week, we'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.